Okay, so finally we're starting with the with the new microphone, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's the same microphone we did the last episode with, but uh, now it's uh, our own technology. Should we uh, trademark it? Dylan yeah. Blood Technologies. The uh, nice little ball is only one source that records, and we don't have the nice uh, schoolyard bell ringing in the background. Yeah. Um, well, good. Today we're going to talk about a little bit about Chile um, and the the interesting period between 1973 to 1985, I guess. Yeah, around. And the experiment that was run, I mean, more or less an experiment that was run by Pinochet, who was a dictator in cooperation with Milton Friedman, one of the most famous economists in the history. And at the same time, um, it was very controversial because uh, Pinochet was a dictator talking to an American economist from Chicago University. So, okay, uh, Bill, let's yeah. start a little bit. Um, I mean, the whole thing, which shall later be called the miracle of Chile, started in 1973 with a coup d'etat. Yeah. The old guy in power, Allende, was uh, basically Salvador Allende and his uh, Communist Party. They already had clashes between, or he had already clashes between the Congress. And from outside, we had the economic warfare uh, measures from the U.S. under Jimmy Carter. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Carter. The the thing is that U.S. was at the time fighting communism on on like on all sides of the world. So they were in Vietnam. They were, I think, Afghanistan came in seventy eight. Yeah. Where the, no, but that, that's the, the that's yeah. when the Russians came in. But also the when they when they saw that Chile was um, uh, becoming communist, with also Cuba was communist, and there was all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, they put uh, they they basically um, tried to suppress all the co- yeah. embargoes. Yeah, they, yeah, they tried to suppress all the communist economies with embargoes. Yeah. They tried to which resulted in inflation, the huge inflation in the uh, under this uh, under this communist regime. Yeah. President and Salvador Allende and. Then in 1974, we had the uh, the new army chief, Augusto Pinochet, yeah. assumed power and was now the new president of Chile. And he was uh, and the whole coup is was a, was a U.S. backed thing. So that's why there was no somebody in power the Americans liked. Yeah. And then that was the point at which Milton Friedman moved in and his Chicago boys. Yeah, so Pinochet came into power and he promised that he's going to fight the inflation because the inflation was super high. Um, in the uh, uh, it was hyperinflation. I think. Uh, can you Google uh, how, uh, yeah, how big was inflation in the under the communist regime? This is important because the during the whole time that Pinochet was in power for the next almost twenty years, his promise was to fight um, to fight inflation. That was his most important economic focus, and um, it's important to know. Uh, here under Allende, yeah, under Allende, uh, under. This, uh the communistic pre- communist president Allende, the inflation was two hundred ninety three percent. So uh, Chile was facing a, yeah, it's nice. Chile it's was facing a hyperinflation period. You're saving money, it's, it's the best. <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day you have uh, five hundred pesos. The other day, these pesos can buy a uh, gum. And then Pinochet, when he came in in nineteen seventy four, the inflation was still sitting at seventy nine percent. But from that onwards, under Milton Friedman and uh, some alumni. From the Chicago yeah, University. Yeah. So let's first say who are the in. Chicago Boys. Okay. Uh, the Chicago Boys 
Sposobili Cold were basically a um, couple of students from Chile at Chicago University where Milton Friedman, this economist, was teaching. Um, Milton Friedman is famous for his uh, laissez-faire open market uh, policies. He was one of the one of the promoters of open market and Adam Smith kind of uh, um, theories. Yeah, he was basically for uh, unregulated recovery of the economy with with only minimal government intervention. And he was then, I think, the first known famous person that opposed uh, Keynes. John Maynard Keynes and, yeah. and tried to to topple the the Keynesian Keynesian theory of economy and how to rescue an economy that is in trouble. Yeah, basically he's he focused on monetary policy that the government should be focused on monetary policy and money supply, while Keynes is more of uh, what fiscal fiscal policies yeah, and fiscal. government controlling the the rates and more controlling the business itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, at one point, actually, Pinochet and Milton Friedman himself met. Um, and this was super controversial at the time, as you have to understand that... Um, it was in the middle of the Cold War? It was in the middle of the Cold War, and you have this American finance guy, American, sorry, economist, going and talking to... Uh, military dictator, basically. Military dictator. Let's say somebody going and talking to Kim Jong-un, or um, somebody who go and talk, not, not to Putin, but because they're like still a democracy, but somebody who's, uh, eh, Kim Jong-un, uh, something that yeah. he would be the closest. Around. We're helping Kim Jong-un to get out of the yeah. crisis like this. Yeah, and uh, it was super controversial. The, the hippies were opposing him. And you, if you can find many interviews with Milton Friedman on YouTube where you can see people challenging his um, capitalist views. Um, so uh, Pinochet himself... Um, Approved these Chicago boys to take care of this, uh, take care of the, the the Chilean economy, and mostly they focused on inflation. So yeah. this they lowered the inflation, as you said, um, to some kind of certain. It was twenty five. Uh, the inflation. Um, what was the inflation under? Yes, under Allende, until seventy three, it was two hundred ninety three point eight percent, and under Pinochet, it was still sitting at seventy nine point nine percent. Yeah, but that was so that was in nineties. assumed power. Yeah, when he assumed power. But what what was it uh, at, in eighties? Like in 1980, can you find it? You can Google it. I think just what was the what was the inflation rate in 1980? Because I think they they managed to lower it down to a normal. Just, just Google the inflation rate. Yeah. Yeah. So we just we want to give you the the, the right data. We're not gonna lollygag. No lollygag. No today. And Bill is very good at. Uh, he's great. He's uh, make Bill great again. Okay, what's that? Here, uh, 1973, uh, 607% spiked, and then... Well, you can, in, you can really see it. Yeah, you can really see it. This is not the premium version, sorry. Yeah, but it was it's somewhere around, what was that, 70s, 80s? It was somewhere around 10%, I would say. I think you can see down. You see calendar, if you go down? No calendar. Inflation rate? No. So anyways, the inflation rate was around 10% since Bill is fucking incapable of finding oh, one simple number. We're going to say it was 10%. It was 38%. Where? It Nin went down there, down here. Okay, but in December... It's on the month monthly thing. 1980, 1979 was sitting at 35%, 38%. Okay, but this is still great in comparing uh, to... 293%. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we have it. Okay, so 
what Pinochet did since he was promising, okay, we're gonna we're gonna destroy this inflation, we're gonna keep it in control, and they have open market policies, which was weird. Uh, that government private we have to mention the government privatized everything yeah. under under Pinochet, but uh, uh, circumstantially they did not privatize uh, the, the mining copper. sector. Because as you know, you might know that Chile is most um, uh, the best business that they have in the country, what they're mostly depending on their gross domestic product is the mining industry. And I think one of the metal, I think it was copper, mainly copper. copper. Yeah, uh, copper is uh, very, very uh, copper and aluminum, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, they, so they're, they're basically half of their economy is based on uh, the performance of these metal on the markets. And um, so they kept that in, in uh, they kept that uh, under the control of the government and uh, Pinochet was probably getting some money on the side, you know, hustling. Mm-hmm. This is how it goes. So uh, as soon as Milton Friedman and the Chicago, Chicago Boys came in, they mainly were deregulating. Privatizing. They privatized. They uh, were for stabilization of inflation and to uh, yeah to deregulate so these three things and they, they resulted in a, in a good economic growth of 15 percent i think in 1980 was yeah 15% was in 1980 um, so you had you had pinochet uh, sorry you had uh, chile uh, was really shining on in latin america uh, you had uh, argentina with problems you had all the military coups around chile and chile was like the one uh, the diamond in the rough you know at that at that time, and everybody was like talking about it, and how actually the experiment of Milton Friedman was succeeding. Uh, one thing that happened in 1980 was that in order to fight the the inflation further, because it was still high, I mean, relatively 30 percent, 39 percent, Pinochet pegged uh, the currency to dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that takes that takes the whole volatility out of the currency. Yeah. And actually, well, let's explain what pegging means, because it's pegging means besides uh, a sexual manner. <laughs> Begging yeah. is basically when you fix the exchange rate and how do you fix it is the central bank promises let's say uh, they pegged it one dollar to 39 pesos and uh, the government the central bank promises to keep it like this how they keep it is basically if your currency weakens um, the, the, the central bank will use their foreign reserves to buy the currency and artificially increase the demand and hence uh, uh, hence appreciate the currency if the foreign currency weakens then the the government will use the foreign reserves to buy uh, the, the sorry not the foreign reserves but their own currency to buy the foreign currency and then again create artificial demand and yeah. then balance out the the uh, the exchange yeah. so they're, they're basically trying to keep it within a certain corridor yeah artificially so they're always buying and selling buying and selling and keeping it like this um so yeah where are we at that's now the peg is in place. Yes. And then when the peg was in place, the big problem started. Yes. So let, let, let's tell you about the circumstances when the peg comes into place. Uh, Jimmy Carter is in power in United States. Yeah, Jimmy Carter is in power. He is for um, an export policy and he wants to keep the dollar very weak. Yeah. And since the... Uh, why, why, why is that important for exports? When the dollar is weak, your goods are cheap for foreign buyers. Yeah. So foreign countries. Yeah, let's say let's say you have euros and one euro can buy two dollars if uh, I weaken the dollar and then next day one euro can buy ten dollars you can buy more uh, of American goods for the same euro so yeah. that's how it happens like in, g- in general keeping your currency very cheap uh, yeah. eases import eases exports and from the other perspective yeah. eases imports for other countries 
and that's, that's what China is still doing today. Yeah, exactly. China is uh, uh, artificially keeping their currency yeah. low so they can export a lot and keep their uh, keep their uh, productions in place. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, uh, you need to know that in order to keep your currencies low, one of the ways to do it is a fiscal policy where you put your interest rates lower. So like you basically, America had, what was the interest rate in the under Carter? It was very low. Um, it was... Something around like two percent, I would say. Here, no, it was more. Rate. Yeah, nineteen eighty. Let's say there, there on the left, 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 there. Yeah. Left. So it was like five percent. Five percent. Five point six seven percent was average. I mean, currently that would be a huge interest rate, but back back in the day there was uh, there was like a small interest rate, five percent interest rate in the United States, which means that the that the people who were saving money weren't encouraged to save; they were encouraged to spend because you wouldn't get you would not get a lot of interest on your savings. Anyway, right. The theory is also loan-driven, that when you have relatively low interest rates, it will encourage people taking loans, yeah. people borrowing money, and then they spend this money. Companies invest, investments in general go up, and this will spark economic growth. This is the theory. And when the interest rates would be high, it's expensive, the loans go down, investments go down, yeah. people uh, are encouraged to save instead of spending, and when there's less money in circulation, economic slows down. That, yeah. That's the simple theory. This is how we think, we hope we can... Yeah. Think of an interest rate as, as a price of your credit or price of your loan, yeah. right? You put up the interest rates up, that means that you, the price of your loan is higher, so it, it costs you more to get money from the bank. But anyways, why is this important? It's important because at the time, uh, Chile had very high interest rates. And why did Chile have very high interest rates? Is to fight their own inflation, because if you put your interest rates up, um, there is less borrowing, there is less consumption, and the inflation is lower. Yeah, so you had 30% inflation in the 80s, and or more than 30%, and you had uh, 20% interest rate or 15% yeah. interest rate. So you are not very inclined to get a loan. And let's explain, inflation is basically the, the rise in the prices. Yeah. So when you put your interest rates up, it's, if you're if from your perspective, if you're a person, uh, and the interest rates are super high, let's say 20% per annually. If you put, let's say, uh, $1 million in the bank, uh, in one year, you will get 20%, right? Yeah. So it's pretty good, like you do nothing and you get 20%, which is a lot from $1 million, right? Um, which encourages you to save money, and it doesn't encourage you to spend. When you don't spend money, um, the demand for goods goes down. And when the demand goods for goods go down and the supply is there, it means that the prices go down. And that's how the you, that's how you're trying to fight the inflation, right? Less people spending money, uh, le- the the price will go down. Yeah. The more the demand, the the higher the price. Like yeah, that that's a simple way to explain. Yeah. So we have high interest rates in Chile, low and we have the pack in place. Low interest rate in the United States and the pack in place. What yeah. does that mean, Bill? So when a country has high interest rates, and then you have this theory of it becoming a capital magnet that means people think i can get a nice yield there for bonds for stocks for uh, in general investment vehicles so i put my money there so the country with the high interest rates starts attracting money yeah plus on top of that you had the peg so the central bank guarantees a fixed interest a fixed exchange rate between peso so, and dollar so you eliminate the currency risk so you eliminate the currency risk you eliminate the volatility and that is, of course, a no-brainer. And what's you the currency risk? Currency risk is that your currency depreciates and you lose money 
because you now have to buy back your own currency as yeah. a, at a lower let's price. say let's say I go uh, I, I want to invest in Russia I'm like the United States and I want to invest in Russia and let's say I must I, I want to invest in Russia I have to buy rubles right and my investment is worth 1 million rubles which is I don't know I'm just fucking now let's say 1 to 10 which is 100 dollars and all of a sudden rubles fucking the value of ruble decreases and uh, now this 1 million ruble is now worth uh, I don't know 10,000 dollars and now when I exchange back my money it's worth nothing and I lose money so it eliminates this risk it's always going to be worth the same amount of money and there's no risk in uh, in currency falling down Um, yeah so this this results in uh, a lot of money coming into Chile so 15% of the GDP was the capital inflow in the 1980s 1981 I think A lot of money coming in, a lot of investors depositing their money there. Yeah, 17, 17 billion dollars in debt at that time, I think. Uh, yeah. Amer- in American denominated debt in dollars. Right? Yeah. So for the first time, there's a lot of credit in the country, for the first time in the history. So they never managed a lot of credit um, because they so were communists before. Not, yeah, that's why they're not used to risk adjustment, of course. They were not really used to, to the problems if you give a lot of credits and... Everybody was getting credit. Basically, yeah. they were saying uh, you would just come into the... Uh, there was so much money that you would just go into the bank and with your whatever ID and you would get the credit easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like lending... Like what happened in 2008, people were lending uh, really not carefully, giving mortgage, mortgages to people without checking their, if they can pay them back. So that's what also happened in... in, in uh, Chile. Chile. A lot of people got uh, their... their, their Credits um, who are not able to pay back at, at that point, and um, at the same time uh, we had a strong peso, right? Yeah. So people buying uh, when you have when your currency is very strong, um, your goods are more expensive relative to uh, foreign goods. As what we were saying, the Carter was doing lowering the dollar, which means that your goods were cheaper in in, in comparison to other goods. So people were buying naturally importing a lot and buying a lot of foreign goods, which is bad for, um, kind of, it can, it can have a bad impact on the economy because you're not, I'm not gonna buy fruits and vegetables and whatever from my farmer, I'm gonna buy it from a Chinese farmer because it's cheaper, right? And that has a negative effect on, uh, on the economy in that sense, um, yeah. So yeah, and then the shit starts hitting the fan when Nixon entered the office in the yeah. US? No, Reagan, Reagan. Uh, Reagan, yeah. yeah, Reagan. After Jimmy Carter came Reagan in, we looked it up. So uh, Jimmy Carter, 1981, when everything looked good, capital inflow was coming in, Jimmy Carter left the office and the new president came in, Ronald Reagan. But you know, um, yeah, I continue, sorry. Yeah. yeah, and then Ronald Reagan came in and was now changing the policy of the central bank under Paul Falker and was saying, we want to have a strong dollar, because we want to have a strong dollar. Yeah, let's not go get yeah. into it. We this is this episode is not about America. It's okay. They want they changed their the interest they changed yeah. their policy. They want the stronger dollar. Yeah. US interest rate went up from 5% to 20% 5% in, in to, a fucking yeah, year. 20% within a very short time. Just, just to tell you year. just to give you a concept, currently the interest rates in US is 2.5 I think. Um, uh, 2.25, yeah. 2.25 currently? Yeah. No, it's 2.5. 2.5, 2.5. 2.5 currently. Um, and uh, in Europe is zero. So basically, back then it wasn't that. But like just so you know, twenty percent. They quadrupled. They quadrupled the interest rate yeah. within a year. Yeah, that's the thing. To have a strong dollar, you have the same 
principle of a capital capital magnet now with the US when you when you um, hike the interest rates people think oh that's it's a nice yield there let's bring all the money there so investors had the second no-brainer they sell their peso in Chile yeah. and go over to the US with their money yeah because now it pays off more to put your money in a US bank instead of putting your money in a, in a Chilean bank let's just look at it like this because now the interest rates are better in the United States and if you want to if you want to invest in the United States you have to convert your pesos now in dollars you're buying dollars and this is strengthening the demand for the dollar, ultimately pushing the price up, right? Yeah. So capital inflow, which skyrocketed in 81, was uh, plummeting yeah. the next year. And yeah, the mo- when, when, when the money goes out, your own currency starts to weaken. The peso weakened significantly. Yes. Yeah, the peso weakened, which results, um, which results, uh, yeah, what was this? Yeah. Money goes to the. Oh, you can read yeah. that. <laughs> no, I can't read your. I can't. I can't read this. Shit. That's so nice. Yeah. No. Okay. Um. <laughs> so we the have some notes, the in- but the bill wrote the notes. So, yeah, I'm good at notes. So, so yeah, they're good. So the yes interest rate goes goes up. That means the money goes to the yes. Yes. The peso loses value, and now the banks are basically set up for a crisis, and they can't do anything against it because the central bank now needs to constantly print peso and sell peso to to uh, buy the dollar because they want to have the no 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 because no that way around because uh, okay so if the money goes up to to US right everybody's buying the dollar so in order to keep your uh, fixed currency exchange rate you have to buy your own currency with your reserves so you artificially uh, are selling dollars making the dollar weaker in the market but you're buying your own currency to make your currency stronger it's that way around in this case because everybody's selling your currency, right? Everybody's selling pesos to buy dollars and leave the country. Mm. But if, if you want to keep the fixed exchange rate, yeah. you need to inject money. You need to inject. You need to increase the money supply because you're. Your no, but w- what you're reading, what you're reading now, is what happened before the crisis. Ah, okay, right. Right, but yeah, they, they, they were injecting money okay. in order to okay, yeah. keep because the dollar was weakening and now the dollar is strengthening. So basically, what we're talking about is the dollar at this moment strengthens because. Everybody is uh, buying dollars and trying to leave the country and trying to deposit money in the United States. Yeah. But that's in the most simplest terms. It's obviously many different financial vehicles and stuff like this, bonds, stocks and stuff. So when, uh, when, the, pri- when the, the value of the dollar goes up, the central bank, since it pegged the dollar to the, to the peso, uh, promises basically that to keep the exchange rate fixed. And in order to do this, you have to keep the balance between your currency and the dollar. So when the dollar appreciates, the the central bank, which usually has reserves in dollars, most of all of the central banks have reserves in dollars, uh, uses these reserves to buy their own currency. And when they're buying their own currency in the in the fun, in the open market, they are artificially creating demand for their own currency, which means that they are increasing the 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 value of their own currency uh, by creating this artificial demand, but selling a lot of dollars in order. To keep the dollar, yeah. to weaken the dollar. Yeah. Again. So it works both ways. But this can't go on forever because you don't have unlimited amount of dollars stored in your uh, central bank, right? Yeah. You're going to run out of dollars at one point, And if the dollar keeps getting stronger, you're, you're fucked. And they were fucked. So what happens, Bill? How are they fucked? So the problem is when the, when the inflation starts to rise again, then people tend to get more loans because 
the simple logic is if inflation goes up, your debt becomes less expensive yes. in case of a higher uh, inflation. Yeah. So people were getting loans and banks were willingly lending all these loans all the time. Yeah. Savings were going down. And in order to control this inflation, to fight this inflation, they put up the interest rates. Mm-hmm. But when you put up interest rates, then your loans are becoming more expensive. Yeah. So people default on their loans, they yeah. can't pay back, and you have a banking crisis because all these loans that are outstanding for the banks will never be paid back. Yeah. And you have the banking crisis of 82. Yeah, and basically this is, hap- this is what happened. And um, so the, 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 the question here is, um, what many historians are debating is, was Milton Friedman's open market policy successful? Or was uh, it just an experiment that led failed? to this? Or is, was it a mistake where Pinochet himself used the open market policies, but then put a measure which was not according to the open market policies because pegging your dollar, your currency to the dollar is basically fixing, uh, fixing your currency and not letting the open markets uh, determine what's the value of your currency. Yeah, so, so basically the, what, what they are criticizing, Milton and uh, Pinochet at the same time, what they have not paid attention to or what they have not done when the inflation hit in 1982, they sh- should have uh, depecked the peso from the dollar and should have just gone over to a floating exchange rate, but which they didn't. I just want to point one thing out. I don't think the Milton Friedman was in any point or form for this pegging. No, the, uh, for, for this pegging was only uh, Pinochet. Pinochet's uh, central bank, yeah. the finance minister and the president of the central bank. Yeah. They, they both were uh, convinced of pegging. And this is this is a problem when you have a strong uh, person in the president, they can influence the, the they can influence the central decision of the central bank. And yeah. you can see this, this is basically what Trump is trying to do sometimes when he's criticizing the Powell... Uh, Colin Powell? Colin Powell? No, no, the Jerome Powell. The, Jerome Powell. The, the, the Fed president. He's criticizing him openly, blah, blah, blah. It's because he does not have the power to do whatever he wants. So he's trying to put uh, outside pressure, which is a good thing because it's not good for a president to have this power because, you know, it's, it's one person. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not good. And because you can also use this in a way to promote yourself if you want to put yourself in office again, right? So if I was a president and I want to put myself in office again, I would lower the interest rates, promote consumptions, and all of a sudden you have GDP growth and everything. But this can lead to uh, to like disaster, you know. Yeah. And this is usually you can see this in countries. Even in I think in Montenegro it happens. If you follow the before elections, interest rates go down, which in turn uh, promotes consumption. Right? There are more loans. People get more loans. People buy more things. The prices go up. The economy grows because there's more money in the. And then you can use this to your needs and can say. And then oh, you look, say, oh look, done. look at the GDP growth this year. So, but in the end, you're gonna pay the price for this. So, how many minutes have we been on? Uh, I think. Let me see. Uh, Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Minus um, three minutes of lolly game in the beginning. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think we explained everything. Yeah. Pinochet kept in power until '91, and I think the, there was a very bloody takeover of Pinochet and. We want to say that currently, I don't know if you how aware are you, I, I wasn't aware of this until I traveled myself to Latin America, Peru, that Chile is pretty developed, pretty fucking developed country, you know, like, I know a lot of Spanish people going there for work, it's Santiago, is a beautiful city and everything, and I know it's a very expensive. I like steak. <laughs> I like steak. You like steak? 
Chilean steak? No, Argentinian steak. Argentinian, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe they also sell steak there. <laughs> I like steak, okay? Like. <laughs> The famous Chilean steak and Argentinian marisco. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly Chile is famous for their for their um, f- fish or like anchovies and stuff. You know, they're okay. the best. I didn't know that. Yeah, and the mountains and mm-hmm. pisco, pisco. There's usually a fight between Peruvians and Chileans. Uh, where did pisco actually come from? They hate each other. They really fucking hate each other. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, a lot yeah. of Germans went to Chile at one point of time. That's why I built uh, like steak. <laughs> oh, you actually disclose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so think to, it's time to to, 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 to finish uh, this. Conclude this. If you like encourage an, an inflow system for capital that is just too big of for entire financial system, you are fucking your economy hard. Yeah. Don't do that. Not yeah. And don't don't get. Uh, it's bad for uh, the economy to uh, get debt dominating another currency because, yeah, we, we can get into this in another episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we hope uh, this is interesting. And I would I would encourage you to go to YouTube and um, maybe Google Milton Friedman because he's very very interesting and, and explaining. There are some super old hippie videos where he's debating his theories, which are uh, very interesting, I guess. And yeah, this is an interesting case in the history. We will keep up with these historical episodes when it's only me and Bill lollygagging. Yeah. Uh, we have another guest two days. Yeah. And yeah, we'll keep on posting new episodes. And Assuming I hope you like the new sound. Today. I hope you like the new sound and you like Chilean steaks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>